beyond the ice-capped peaks of the north, on top of a tiny glacier that drifts like many others, but magically glows in the dark. A woman with no name carves shapes into the ice walls of her frozen castle. The shapes, so detailed and terrible, are her friends, and she smiles at them and gives them names and tells them stories, and then... Then the shapes take motion and begin to travel across the walls of the glacier, hatefully hunting the ghosts of times past and breeding new creatures that will outlive any of us. This is how Frosted Flakes came to be. And they're great. Welcome, Seekers. It is I, your Headmaster, Collector of Beetle Souls, Informant of the Bouncy Ball Brigade, Author of Tennis, A Beginner's Guide to Staring into the Terrible Dark Light. And I bring to you a very special edition of The Montevera Chronicle. We have a treat for you today, Seekers. In preparation of your Shrine Novice Entry Exams, also known as SNEE, also, also known as, Dear God, not that! I will be conducting a seminar reviewing the Shrine Clans of Montevera. Yes, even that silly new Wind Clan which is sure to fail. I'm doing this in hopes that you, Seekers, may feel more confident when preparing to face the Guru of Yonder. And don't begin to scream and peel the skin off your face at the sight of his glorious vision. A girl did that last week. In past years, Seekers have felt that the historical portion of the exam was a bit difficult overly buttery, and impressively mystic, but mostly imaginary. To help with that, I've curated the review material myself, basing it on past exams so you can be sure that it will be completely useless. I've been given a message from our sponsor, the Shrouded Merchant of Yonder. Quiet your mind and tune into the voice gnawing at your brain. Come to my fundraiser, children. Come and see what I have brought from across the world. Come and taste the cultures of people you shall never know and allow their peculiar curiosities to plant ideas into your mind that will soon be erased by the sound of my voice. Come, children, I await you. The first shrine I'll review is the Earth Shrine. The founder was Tefu Guru, and he built the Earth Shrine after digging a hole in the ground and finding that, rather than being tired, 
he was more filled with energy than ever before. He soon dug more such holes but did not have the same result. He decided to dedicate himself to the study of harnessing energy from holes and eventually tapped into a bit of wisdom. It was his relationship with the earth itself, his love for the way it felt as it clung to his hands, his love for its fragrance, his love for its taste. It was when he handled earth in that way that the magic began to happen. He soon built a school around this philosophy. It should be noted that the earth shrine was the first shrine dedicated to the harnessing of aura. Seekers, I'm being told by the communications representative from the Montevera Clinic for Strangers with Unknown Origins Who Won't Wake Up, or Mksuo, for short, that Lenka has woken up. Everyone at the clinic is running around with excitement, stabbing each other with pencils and throwing patients out through the windows. They're all just so happy, and who can blame them? We've all been waiting for this. Here's a health tip. Last night, as you slept, shadow slivers hungrily watched over your body while golden angels proudly watched over your soul. Unless, of course, you are one of the others who have no soul. If you are one of them, then it was something else who watched over the void that animates you. Not sure what you are? There's a simple test for that. Splash water on your face and look in the mirror. If the other you in the mirror offers you a towel, you are one of the others. If the other you in the mirror refuses to offer you a towel, then you have a soul, but your face will remain forever wet because you have no towel. The water shrine was created soon after Tefu Guru's earth shrine. As one of his star pupils decided to leave the earth shrine, mainly due to an age gap between himself and the others. He was far younger than the others and always felt out of place, so he ventured south, to the other end of yonder, until he was face to face with the open sea. There, with his feet in the sand and the crashing waves over his skin, he felt a sudden calmness overtake him, and he began to cry, and all his pain washed away into the ocean, leaving him void. Then a great wave knocked him down, and when he got back up, he felt a surge of energy, unlike what he'd felt with the earth. Not greater or lesser, just different. More fluid. It didn't take long before he, Alia Guru, went on to build the first water shrine. An update on the Lenka situation 
It seems that after all that excitement, people around Lenka have begun to mope and pout. They've begun to draw images of dark spirals with the words, it comes, all around the spiral's outer edges. And they're drawing this on any surface that they can find. They've begun to make phone calls to complete strangers using their Nokia 8210s, which no one owns or knows what that is. The doctors are the only ones not suffering from these symptoms because, well, it's obvious. They're doctors and are therefore immune to all form of illness and disease, as was the agreement they made with the Father Spirit of the Ninth Circle. They have determined what we all feared. I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say. I mean, I just told you the symptoms. Lenka has given everyone the cooties. We don't really know the origins of the sun shrine. It was just there, one bright and sunny day. Sun shrine gurus have varying tales of the origin, but they all differ from one another. And when asked about a different origin story, they typically reply, Oh yeah, that sounds way better. We'll go with that. The sun shrine gurus are the most tan and happy-go-lucky of the spectrum of gurus. Nothing ever seems to bug them. The Church of the Eversworn Beast will be changing its Sunday schedule. Instead of the 9 a.m. reading of the Book of Bones, they will be performing a Millennium Cry. It doesn't explain what that is, but I'm sure it'll be uplifting. At noon, they'll be replacing the community lunch with a community sleep. All will sleep on black mats made of raven feathers as the ageless goat walks about, peering into your souls, touching the loneliest recesses of your spirit. Finally, at six, there will be no change. Everyone is welcome to join in for the weekly plucking of the traitor in the ceremonial circle. Jedi Guru was the founder of the Starlight Shrine. He was once a very bad Monteveran, who even went to prison for violating the Montevera Code of Secrecy. You know, the one I can't repeat on air. This once fearful individual was abducted by extraterrestrial visitors. Yes, yes, I know. What's so weird about that, right? We've all been abducted at one point or another. It's the Monteveran way. But Jeriguru returned to us with Montevera's first sample of visible aura. Before this, aura could only be felt, but never seen. This changed the game, forcing other shrines to find ways to keep up. Jeriguru went on to use this sparkling aura to teach how in space this substance was used to heal wounds. 
and how we should totally use it here too. These days, not all but many Monteverans forego clinics altogether and opt to visit the Starlight Shrines to be healed of their ailments. A reminder from the Council of Montevera. The Festival of Starlight is next week. Contrary to what the opposition has been saying, there will be a petting zoo. It is the Monteveran way. Come one and all and lie down as we pour buckets of live tarantulas, angry rats, and little brown scorpions over your bodies. Children are encouraged to try to stick their limbs into the holes that manifest from thin air, whispering, This is the planet. If any of you plan to stay for the main event, the star gift of the blue beans, make sure to wear your old traditional brown wool sweaters, and if you see anyone wearing anything else at all, scream at their face until your throats hurt. It's the Monteveran way. If there are any changes with the schedule, we'll make sure to task you with their destruction since nothing can get in the way of this. The festival must go on. It's the Monteveran way. If any of you follow the chirps we post on Chirper, then you surely knew about the Adidas shoes and the threatening letter inside. I'll read it for those who didn't catch the original chirp. Let me pull up my chirper app. Ah, here it is. Oh, Solon. I thought we had an understanding. But today, I saw one of your gurus walking in my woods, meddling in what doesn't behoove him. Don't say I didn't warn you. After that letter was made public, the guru of yonder stormed out of his chamber and vanished for three days. No one knew where he went. Then, yesterday, he was back in his chamber and has since made no mention of this to anyone. He's just been in there, alone, writing in his black notebook. Even stranger is that the Council of Montevera never replied when we sent word to them of the event. They simply said, Unicorns? We are not unicorns. No. We are people. Not Animals? We don't animal. We not that. They attached a selfie to the letter. They have faces of white horses and 
glorious rainbow horns on their foreheads. But... You know what? When you look at them long enough... Yeah... They're right. They not animals. They people. Finally, a message from Gaga Guru. The baby guru who just got his first tooth. So often we make decisions about the future based on things that we either fear or things that we hope for. The thing is, fear and hope are just two sides of the same coin. They are both things we imagine, but we don't actually know. Spending a lot of time with fear or a lot of time with hope we like to refer to that as living in the future. The more you spend living in the future, the less you spend living in the now. Look at a baby. They play, they're happy, because they're not worried about what comes later. Look at a dog, look at a cat, a bird. They're not worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow. If we could be more like that, if we could take a situation where we are faced with the unknown and remind ourselves that we don't actually know that this will happen one way or the other, and we just take a breath and realize that right now we are how and where we are and that's all that we really do know, then developing a practice like that may help us. Spending too much time in the future is not so good for the nerves. <laughs>